You are listening to This Morning. Times 8.45 and you may have heard about the fatal shooting in a Mexican nightclub Monday local time claiming the lives of five injuring more than a dozen. Uh, the shooting itself represents a major blow to the tourism industry in the country which has been one of the few bright spots thanks to a weak peso exchange rate. Uh, but uh, really, the country's been on edge ever since Donald Trump's November 8th election victory. President-elect Trump has been threatening major car makers like BMW, GM and Toyota with a 35% border tax if they choose to manufacture in Mexico rather than the United States. So to look at that more broadly, as well as Mexico's promise to fight back, to refuse to pay for Trump's infamous border wall and big economic worries, let's head live to Carlos Manuel Rodriguez, Bloomberg's Mexico bureau chief. Thank you very much for joining us. Oh, thank you. A pleasure. So, um, we've seen mass protests, actually, amid the Mexican government's plan to increase the price of gasoline by up to 20% this year. Can you give us a sense of just how chaotic things have been? Uh, yes, uh, those massive protests on the street is not anything out of the ordinary. In Mexico, as, many, as in many other countries, you have street protests almost every week. While it made these these particular ones even uh, more important is that they, they some of these last week escalated to looting, looting of gas stations, looting of stores, and for a moment, at least for at least 24, 26 hours, it was feel, getting a sense that things were getting out of the control for the government, at least in some cities in in, in Mexico. But after that, on Friday, things got uh, more normalized, and protests continue, but just in the streets and with numbers that are around the four to 6,000, depending on the city, which is nothing out of the ordinary for Mexico. Yeah, the, the president's insisting there's no alternative to the price hike. How is this likely to affect Mexican people's daily lives, though, when, when the weakening peso is already prompting worries of inflation? Well, when you think about um, the the poorest people of, of society, now they're facing to pay two, three pesos more for their buses to to get to work, and that's a lot of a lot of way for people that is already uh, with salaries that are the lowest minimum salary in OECD. So uh, they're, they're feeling the pain, and on top of that, uh, the fear that in the coming weeks inflation may pick up, which was one of the only good things on the macroeconomics of the past two, three years, it was in, that inflation was under control, around 3%. But now economists are projecting that it go closer to 5% or even surpass it a little bit in the coming months. And can you tell us more about the, the gas pipeline thefts that are further aggravating the oil shortage? What's the involvement, for example, of drug gangs, apparently, in such schemes? Yes, traditionally, that was a separate problem, right? Like the price uh, increase, uh, Alex, had to do a little bit more with the reliance of Mexico of depending on, on U.S. gasoline for imports. More than half of the gasoline that is consuming Mexico is imported from the Gulf uh, states, from the United States. So that was one problem that, given the weaker peso, the government had to act, and 
liberalized prices, so they are closer to reality, closer to what Mexico has to pay or the state-owned company has to pay in order to import that gasoline. At the same time, since many years ago, the state-owned company has been facing more and more of these illegal taps from the pipelines, which is very profitable for these uh, thieves who will just find a place on the pipeline network, do an illegal tap, and then that stolen fuel, resell it to to either uh, drivers or transportation companies uh, under the table. And, and that has been growing. And, of course, when you have a more expensive gasoline on the formal market, the informal markets grow even bigger. Indeed. One can easily see how that would exacerbate the situation. And this... There's obviously a government popularity problem on top of all this. How far are some of these protests about overall dissatisfaction, not just about gasoline and oil? Yes, for, for many, many people, like uh, this is just the latest or several things that they've been resenting from, from this government, right? The popularity from President Peña Nieto uh, start to... Um, it sells is pretty much... To almost two, two and a half years ago. First, with uh, some incidents, as uh, you may remember, from the students that disappear and uh, that eventually they are believed to have been killed yes. by uh, by drug by drug members of a drug cartel, but also by local police. That also affected the federal government, and especially because of how slow they were in, in order to investigate, and, and they are still slow to prosecute this case. In the, then after that, then we started to see reports about potential conflict of interest, properties that were under the First Lady's name, uh, that were owned by government contractors, and, uh, and there were no consequences of that. So that, that adds to the frustration of the people, uh, as, you, as you know very well, right? When you see other countries where there's actual cases to fight for corruption, Mexico was seen... Uh, similar or, or same level of corruption, but no consequences whatsoever. Mm. So at least the co- uh, the consolation prize for a while was, well, at least the economy is doing fine. But now we have real threats to the economy. We have the threat of inflation that, that you mentioned, and also the possibility that they may get more complicated with the new upcoming administration of Donald Trump in the U.S. side. Well, we don't get very far, do we, without talking about Donald Trump, it seems, in all sorts of areas of even our show this morning, to be perfectly honest. Um, But trade has been a hugely important part of Mexico's economy, particularly in the wake of that 1994 North American Free Trade Agreement, NAFTA. How is that likely now to shift? Not not much. I mean, at the end of the day, Mexico, yes, is, is the country with the most free trade agreements. But when you think about it, still 80% of the Mexican exports go to the U.S. How much of that of those will be reduced if if it materializes to have a neighbor uh, that is more protectionist? It's still hard to assess because even before the free trade agreement, a lot of the exports, uh, Mexican exports, went to the U.S. So I don't think Mexico has too many options there. Of course, the recommendations. Uh, by some businessmen like Carlos Slim is it's time to turn more attention into the domestic market. So 
I will, I will expect, instead of trying to find new partners to sell more, more of the Mexican goods abroad, I, I, it's probably more likely that the Mexican government is going to start to think or be more creative on the incentives it gives to local producers so they can sell their stuff in Mexico and they can put a little bit of a bigger growth domestically. Yes. I mean, this attitude of Donald Trump is upset. It's rubbed up quite a few countries the wrong way. But making USA or pay big border tax, that tweet, uh, how does that sit with just ordinary people that you meet there? Well, ordinary people, like probably like everybody in the world, right? First, they were seeing that like a big joke from Trump when they were seeing these tweets and even his speeches. Remember... The first group offended by a uh, for a campaign by a campaign speech by Trump it was the Mexicans. Yes. So we've been used to to listening to this, and of course, like a lot of people in the world, we Mexicans didn't believe that it was going to get anywhere. Anyways, now that it's a reality, it's okay. The question is, how how real are those? how much is he going to try to follow up and how much uh, resistance, not Democrats, but the, the mainstream Republicans are going to put once he tries to take some measures against threat. Because after all, the Republican Party, as you may know, as, as you know, uh, is, is supposed to be a party that supports free trade. Um, they may be okay with Trump bullying some companies and um, putting some incentives here and there to to make some of the American companies stay in the U.S. and to promote manufacturing in the U.S. But I think if they if they really put a threat to to the trade, given that so many local economies in the United States sell goods to Mexico, some of the lawmakers may get a, a little bit worried and things may may. May get, may get settled in the middle more than Toralias yeah. uh, from trading on the Twitch. Certainly, he seems to be putting up barriers, not yet a physical wall, but he's reconfirmed his intention to do that as well. Uh, we'll probably and, have and to. And they're working on Robbie, because we see what happened with force. So even those threats had some kind of effect already. Yeah, I mean, we're out of time, but we might have to catch up with you again if uh, building work starts on that front. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. Oh, thank you. Carlos Manuel Rodriguez of Bloomberg on location for us in Mexico City today. A quick note here. Thank you, everybody, for your company. It's uh, about time to hand over to Careerscape and Kurt Asian. So the TBS EFM show goes on. Thank you to our producer, Pakani, our writers, Che Kyung Mi and Che Young Jin. I've been Alex Jensen. Looking forward to being back tomorrow as well at 7.05. But also coming up next, our news headlines. It's going to be another dramatic day, I feel, on the domestic front with Rosie and Park.